Welcome to Themis Podcasts. Themis is a leading technology platform that helps clients manage their financial crime risk exposure through a combination of innovation, insight, and intelligence. Our podcasts aim to bring you insight, views, emerging trends, and thought leadership from industry leaders and our own financial crime experts. Find out more about Themis at crime.financial. In this podcast, we talk to Dominica Benton, a PhD candidate whose research focuses on the use of cryptocurrencies in terrorist financing and the use of distributed ledger technology within the suspicious activity reporting regime in counter-terrorism financing, about the use of cryptocurrencies, online gaming, and the metaverse in terrorist financing activities. We discuss what has been referred to as the gamification of terrorist violence, a trend where those involved in terrorist financing are making more use of virtual worlds, video games, live streaming platforms, and virtual currencies to finance terrorism. Dominica also gives a breakdown of the dark web, the future of virtual means of terrorist financing, and advice for staying vigilant on social media. Welcome, Domi. It is amazing to talk to you today to get your unique perspective on cryptocurrencies, terrorist financing, and gaming possibilities. So just to give some background, the gamification of terrorist violence and the use of cryptocurrencies, especially uh, when it comes to, to youth, um, has been, is an increasing trend. Terrorists are actively involved in um, the online gaming community and the use of different virtual currencies. And recently, we've been seeing different platforms such as Twitch, different video games, other apps, um, live streaming services, and even the use of cryptocurrencies having more of a social media dimension. And these platforms, uh, these apps, these currencies can be used for a range of activities, and these definitely include terrorist financing. It's also important to note that there's a huge target audience for young people who tend to be more vulnerable and more interested in exploring these different possibilities. Um, so again, Domi, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to have you. I've talked to you once before about terrorist financing cryptocurrencies, and the discussion was brilliant. So it's amazing to continue this. Um, so I was just wondering if you could start us off with just another introduction of yourself um, and then an uh, overview of your research, if possible. Yeah, great. Thanks uh, for the introduction, Conchelle, and thanks for having me. Um, great to speak to you again. Um, I guess overall, you've, you've done the great introduction. Um, I'm pursuing my PhD on a part-time basis. Um, quite early on in my career, uh, in terms of research, started back in October, um, but namely what I am looking at is the use of cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin among others and growing um, cryptocurrencies in the use of um, well for the use of cryptocurrencies in financing terrorism um, organiz terrorist organizations or terrorism in general and also looking at the use of blockchain technology so that's the basis behind cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin in suspicious activity reporting. Um, so essentially looking at that regulatory technology aspect within counterterrorism financing specifically. Okay, thank you so much. That sounds really interesting. Um, could we delve deeper into 
blockchain and terrorist financing because I know this is this is part that even the experts sometimes don't really um, comprehend it fully. So I would love if you could just go through that, just a general overview quickly. Yeah, so we've got, and I mean, in terms of uh, using cryptocurrencies uh, for sponsoring terrorist attacks, you've got, just to give a few examples, um, the capital attacks, was it last year? Um, time flies by. I'm losing track of time, to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, they have found um, over $500 million worth of Bitcoin in a wallet. That was from a French donor. So we have that link, obviously, for the sponsoring of the capital attacks um, or the riots. Um, the German market attacks are, have been alleged to have been sponsored through Bitcoin, um, similarly to the Paris attacks, the Charlie Hebdo attacks. Um, it's, it is a growing threat. Um, when I say alleged, it's because due to the pseudonymous, I guess, nature of blockchain um, and therefore cryptocurrency transactions, it's difficult to trace us to, it's not impossible, it's difficult to trace those transaction to the sender um, and therefore has that money and has that essentially been used, has that transaction been used towards terrorist um, financing purposes or carrying out a terrorist attack um, or in general um, funding the organization um, to carry out those attacks, pay their employees, um, as you've got organizations such as Al-Qaeda or ISIL that work in that sort of rigid employer kind of structure um, where um, terrorists do get their monthly or weekly salaries. Um, but in, in essence, um, there is that risk and exploitation of the, I guess, the perks that cryptocurrencies offer for terrorists to use in order to go unnoticed. And at this current moment in time, whilst companies, organizations that, at least within the EU and within the UK, that do provide um, that virtual currency or cryptocurrency to um, fiat currency exchange services um, need to be registered um, with a but, well, within the UK, it's the Financial Conduct Authority um, for anti-money laundering purposes and, well, for anti-money laundering regulation purposes. Cryptocurrencies alone aren't regulated, um, hence why the risks of being or going unnoticed and undetected um, is a great disguise for terrorists to, to use that avenue. Okay. Um, essentially, you talk about going undetected. So do you think that it's so much more accessible now for people to get to use virtual uh, currencies, cryptocurrencies? And what do you think has made it so accessible if it has? So for, for instance, um, in the US, uh, it, it's just a great example to give, to, to be honest, um, a... Person who I can't believe I can't sorry I can't remember how, how old Jab they were but somewhere between sixteen to twenty four um, was using Twitter um, to promote the use of or how to use Bitcoin to terrorist organisations um, that namely and specifically ISIL 
So in terms of how they go undetected, it's due to the nature of um, cryptocurrencies and the blockchain technology itself. So whereby all the transactions that do take place within just, let's say, Bitcoin as, as an example, they are recorded on what, what you call a distributed ledger. So the umbrella technology is a distributed ledger technology. Blockchain technology is part of that. It's under the same umbrella in essence. So blockchain tech is distributed ledger and all the crypto related transactions, all the Bitcoin transactions all recorded on this massive network. Um, what the difficulty is, is if let's say you register uh, to with Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency, you are not necessarily let's say you're not Concelli, I'm not Domi, you use a different name or nickname um, in order to go into these transactions. Um, you've got other things such as um, IP address changes um, that then confuses the system. So in terms of tracing a given transaction, instead of say, it actually coming from within the UK, it will confuse the system and show it actually comes from, let's say, I don't know, France, for, for example. So that just gives terrorists that more, I guess, a, a bigger option and big avenue to go unnoticed due to the, I guess, the confusing factors. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned Twitter. So a few days ago, hmm. crypto was actually trending on Twitter because people were saying that it's not as trendy as it was um, and the hype has died down for the use of cryptocurrencies. What do you think of this? I just wanted to know your opinion on, because I mean, it was a big, it was a major topic. So what's, what's your opinion on this? Do you think that it was kind of really hype driven to use this and like, oh, let's talk about this in the realm of terrorism. Let's talk about this in the realm of money laundering and also mm -hmm. um, gaming. Do you think it was hype driven? or and it's going down or do you think really people are genuinely using this and obviously some people are talking about it for hype but this is a serious issue like what is your opinion on this in the news it has um yeah but uh in terms of it still being a risk within counterterrorism financing it i'd say so it remains a, a huge risk whether it's within gaming uh, metaverse um, or, or otherwise um, and I think what's important to mention is terrorists are responsive and they are two steps ahead or at least they try to be two steps ahead and a great example I'd say is when um, well prior to the 9-11 attacks Al-Qaeda was anticipating to be sanctioned by several different countries and states and what was suggested and found was that many of the proceeds were actually hidden in the illicit trade of diamonds from Sierra Leone. Wow. So the fact that back in nine or during the nine or before the 9-11 attacks, they anticipated that sanction yeah. step to be taken. The fact that crypto is now going out of hype could be a better avenue for them to explore because it's a bit quieter therefore for from the regulation perspective who's yeah. to say 
people that do review those suspicious transactions are slightly more laid back because it's less of a hype. I see. Okay, thank you so much for that point. Yeah, um, I realize that some people who may listen to this can mm. will be very new to the topic. So, is it possible you take you take me step by step through how a terrorist would potentially use cryptocurrencies for financing? Just a, a very basic like breakdown of of how they may go about this. Okay. Um. So whether, for instance, you'd use, um, for set up an, an online wallet or an, an online account, you would convert your cash into Bitcoin. Um, don't know what the current exchange rate is at the moment, um, but in essence, you can then send a number of Bitcoin to a different address. But in order for this sender to do that, the, the other person receiving it, you need to give them a key um, in order to receive um, that Bitcoin um, or that amount of Bitcoin at the other end. Um, So it's a very almost private transaction, um, but it it is to a certain extent, yet that exchange. So it's almost like um, within perhaps um, the gaming industry, whereby you convert your cash into something non fungible um, and non-tangible um, and then use that to send across uh, to another person um, all of this is well in the UK we do require for these transactions to have an identity behind the sender and receiver um, it's the addresses and the use of mixes that can complicate things and disguise that transaction Um, But in terms of that, let's say, person receiving the Bitcoin, that can then be used for um, whether it's payment um, for the terrorist organizations or purchasing items. Um, Many online marketplaces now do accept um, virtual currencies as a method of payment. That includes PayPal, uh, Microsoft, um, Twitch um, as well and many others so the fact that these are now accepting cryptocurrencies as a means of payment um, that's something terrorists could potentially go into using in order to again disguise where the money has come from and output for terrorist um, purposes okay in simple um, terms <laughs> yeah and so that's thank you so much for that because you know I realize sometimes that we kind of just talk about it some people it's very abstract though you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not even even when you go through it it may not be easily understood because it's so new um to mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah um and even and it's such a kind of a close I would say like a close community of like oh people who understand mm-hmm. crypto and they understand bitcoin and then if you're outside of it you kind of avoid it because it's getting too complex. Um, so I appreciate you going through it, giving us a breakdown. Um, also, in my research on crypto, I was seeing that there are more, like even more undetectable kinds of um, virtual currencies being developed. So I wanted to know, what do you see for the future of cryptocurrency use for uh, terrorist groups and for terrorist financing activities? Like, What do you see for the future of this? I think... Like, like you said, the, the anonymity or pseudonymity aspect of it 
is it can be greatly developed. So back in uh, back a few years ago, um, uh, there were um, side, um, I guess, blockers, if you like, such as Bitcoin Fog um, or the Dark Wallet that would, um, in essence, hide of that transaction from, from being visible. Or I think as we discussed um, in our previous conversation where they allow for an illegitimate transaction to piggyback on a legitimate transaction. So again, it's disguised. Um, Bitcoin fog has been closed down since, but to give you an idea of statistics, something stupid like 90 or 95% of the internet is the dark web. So what we see, what we are able to use is just 5% um, essentially. The remainder is something unseen to us. So in terms of things such as the dark wallet or Bitcoin fog, whilst yet they've been since shut down, they continue, that the, there is a risk and potential that these are on a continuous basis um, being developed in order to offer um, greater levels of anonymity. I'm just going to pause the podcast here to let you know about Themis Search and Monitoring, a tool that will enable you to easily search, screen and monitor your clients, suppliers and third parties to check if they have any links to financial crime. We draw data from a wealth of sources, but also have our own proprietary Themis conviction data around different financial crime typologies, including terrorist financing. This makes Themis Search and Monitoring highly unique. Book a demo at crime.financial. You mentioned the dark web. Could you please go through exactly what this includes? Because that's the term that's like dark web, dark web, and it's like, wait, what's the dark web? So could you please go through it for any listeners who may not be familiar, may know around it, but not know exactly what um, the dark web is. Could you please go through that, please? It's in essence the same use of the internet that we do uh, what it entails is for instance well, sale of weapons sale of drugs um, and otherwise um, but the dark web is imagine the use of our internet our browsers but there will be a different browser or an IP address changer. So if you, or anyone can do this, to be honest, you can type in your own IP address into Google. Your IP address quite literally shows you on a map. You are identified by your Wi-Fi router or by your phone network. So when you go into Googling something um, or whether it's on Facebook or use anything else, you are identified if you are connected to this particular IP address, your IP address doesn't change. Now with the dark web, you can have something such as an IP address changer. So it could be changing every three seconds, every 10 seconds, every second. So it jumps essentially from, as an example, from Indonesia to, to the UK, to Germany, to France, to the US. So every second the IP address changes, so you can't pinpoint Wow. exactly where those weapons let's say have been ordered so if you go to if you let's say you go on amazon you want to order yourself a new i don't know cup of mug of coffee or mm-hmm. something excited more exciting than this i love my <laughs> yeah. coffee too much not to mention it <laughs> um your ip address changes as that website 
progresses into your checkout and then buying um, or purchasing the item with the IP address changer, I guess, it will confuse the system. So the numbers change and it's, it can't be it's very difficult to pinpoint exactly where that transaction took place. So did the transaction take place in the UK? Let's say it actually has, but on the system, it will come across as it's taken place in Indonesia. Wow. Just to give an example. So yeah. the dark web is, I guess the name is due to the fact that it's, it's the difficulty of tracing um, and it's the use of different browsers that um, average Joes don't necessarily have access to that aren't tech savvy. Yeah, well, that's it's just so interesting to see what occurs when you're just using the Internet for, you know, Instagram and, and yeah. people do all kinds of things on the Internet, because obviously this would be beneficial if you're involved in any kind of terrorist activity. Mm. This would definitely be beneficial um thank you for going through that so to pivot to gaming Mm -hmm. during the um my research on just the different possibilities and evolution of the tech aspect of terrorism gaming comes up quite a lot um especially now with these different like live streaming platforms and you know just how the social media aspect of of video games it's just become it makes it more of a community aspect um Mm. so things that used to be very very personal right things that you would do individually because you were bored now it's a whole community and bringing people together not always for the best reasons um so I just wanted to to talk about that a bit um so when it comes to online gaming how could that possibly be used for terrorist financing and and, and I'm talking about you know live streaming of video games like Mm. Twitch and also um like multiplayer online uh video games like Fortnite because I know that's really popular things like that uh could we go through that a bit yeah sure um so in terms of the game and industry being used for terrorist financing it's an area that's quite under-researched um from what I've seen from what I've gathered the gambling aspect of it, which I don't personally research, that's covered in to a certain extent. Um, but applying CTF directly to gaming, uh, it, it's quite under-researched um, and an under-researched area. Um, in terms of the risks it pose, it poses. It's I guess looking at it from what we discussed as to how cryptocurrencies work so how would you go about how how would a terrorist go about um, using cryptocurrencies so in the same manner as you mentioned Fortnite or other games you would use real cash in order to purchase certain items in a game and it's quite um, I guess known or obvious or in a way logical that in the large multiplayer games it's very easy to communicate and it's very cheap to communicate through the internet. So what the gaming industry and gaming sites, I guess, offer is the scope for teenagers and younger people to be radicalized um, and potentially even recruited um, through the communication aspect of it. Now, in terms of the financing aspect of it, their scope that 
legitimate or illegitimate funds can be used as an example to purchase items in Fortnite or other online platforms um, and then say that account has a certain value who's to say that you can't then and as some people do um, sell their accounts so whilst that that I don't know let's say loot box in Fortnite or something can't be converted back to cash you can sell your account details whether it's eBay or whether it's Facebook marketplace Twitter anywhere else um, people go crazy for these things especially if you've got those limited edition items um, so they'll for instance they, they could then pay you that cash so whilst that's not directly terrorist financing that person's just laundered dirty potentially dirty money and it comes out as clean um, okay. and think what another risk to complicate things is platforms such as eBay offer payments through PayPal PayPal now extend to crypto and you see where the whole loop yes. is, is going yeah and I see the cycle um why do you think this is so under research though I mean when it looks uh, like an online gaming and the possibilities for terrorist financing why do you think it's such an un- under-researched area I, in all honesty I think people dislike talking about terrorism and terrorism financing um from personal experience whenever you mention the words it's silence uh, no one very rarely ever asks me about my research um unless i mention the cryptocurrency or blockchain part to it in which case that's where the questions actually come from okay. but it's very rare i personally get asked about the terrorism aspect um or counterterrorism financing in general and whether it's because it's fresh and it's still in the news um the risk and is is high um potentially that's why um and again in terms of the legal aspect to it as well it's i i'd say it's underregulated the fifth um aml directive that came into force um three four years ago now um has made references to the gaming and gambling industries but again it's been quite slow in being applied so whilst platforms such as twitch um, that again do offer cryptocurrencies as a method of payment they <laughs> cryptocurrencies aren't themselves regulated mm-hmm. but platforms that use cryptocurrencies will then have to be registered with the FCA and they'll have to undergo the know your customer requirements, customer due diligence requirements. Is this transaction suspicious? Um, Which again, just takes you through the suspicious activity reporting, which my argument lies that because of the human element to it and that manual oversight, how would you say so I said transaction is suspicious so taking twitch as an example many streamers many gamers rely on that as perhaps their main source of income gaming and receiving those donations yeah some of them will use um they use it as a purposes of raising money for a charity now traditionally 
terrorists did use and misapplied charitable donations for their own purposes. So whereby a Twitch streamer may say they are raising money for X charity, a portion of that donation in total could go to a terrorist organization. Yeah. Or you've got a streamer having money donated to for just for gaming. Again, someone donating that money and that cash could quite genuinely be donating them because they like how they're gaming or, or how they're performing when in fact this person at the receiving end of it who's streaming that game could use the proceeds of that for terrorist purposes and withdraw that money which they, they can physically withdraw that money into their own accounts from Twitch and send it off to wherever it needs to go for again terrorism purposes so the, the risk is there um but in terms of why it's under researched like i think it's a scary topic that people yeah. generally don't like talking about <laughs> yeah no i get that it really it can be quite difficult to to have transparent conversations mm. about terrorist financing um and you even brought up how people could be thinking they're donating or they are giving mm. money to their favorite um gaming influencer or something like that but they're really financing some terrorist mm-hmm. activity um so that brings me to how impressionable some of the people who use these sites are because lots of it is like I uh, said at the beginning it's youth focused do you think yeah. that is a reason as well why it is kind of um pushed to the side because it's like oh see you know young people playing their games and people not really taking it so seriously that they could be involved in serious um uh with actual consequences actually these actual consequences um so so can you tell me more about the youth aspects of of gaming and terrorist financing and the nature of this threat please of course um, um in terms of these people being teenage or well namely teenagers or the, the the younger ones in their early 20s um up to 30 let's say let's take that generation as still young <laughs> um in in relation to I mean, just as an example, a few years ago, um, a 13-year-old boy in the UK was arrested for purchasing a knife to carry out um, and was charged with planning a terrorist attack. So this is someone that's 13 years old. Um, that's not gaming related specifically, but it shows that it's the younger generation that are targeted um, due to, I guess, the moldability to radicalize. In terms of gaming specifically, earlier this year, yep, earlier this year, um, a Russian teenager, um, 16 years old, was charged and sentenced to five years of imprisonment Mm -hmm. for training for terrorist activities using what I think everyone will know as Minecraft. Oh, wow. Yes. No, I I know Minecraft. Yeah, I think I've even played Minecraft before. Yeah. Yeah. And whilst uh, it sounds, what we've just been discussing, it sounds far-fetched that why would you donate money to someone you feel is genuine? But then again, 
it's the fact that someone in Russia or Siberia has been sentenced because they've been planning their attack in Minecraft. So that gives you a visual means of seeing what your attack has the potential of doing, um, which is something, I guess, for back for 9-11 and other attacks, they may not have um, had the options to do. Um, so it's visualizing an attack in order to plan it, uh, I guess to say, to, to improve it, um, it, it gives great benefits to, to the younger ones, which as I said, are more moldable to be radicalized by terrorists and by, I guess, things that they, they can be offered. Um, so the fact that Minecraft has been used for such purposes, it opens up a scope that and, and proves that, that this is a risk not just to the teenagers, but also on the online gaming platforms, um, especially with um, developments in technology such as the use of the metaverse, um, which is in essence a, a virtual environment for perhaps not just teenagers, but adults to use and in essence lead a second, albeit a virtual um, life, just like you know sims back in the day yeah well even recently because I, I still play sims so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I see and I mean with the metaverse as well some of these things um seem very like it's like a far away uh thing to to talk about and to think of but do you see that like with technology being developed such as the metaverse do you see that as an immediate threat um or do you yeah see- most okay. certainly it, it, again, um, as I mentioned before, I'd say terrorists um, are, are, are seeking opportunities and Metaverse is not regulated. It's very new when it comes to those evolving technologies, new things that the, the law can't keep up to date. Um, and I think the fact that Bitcoin and other virtual currencies that we've had over the number of years this year, we are expecting um, legislation surrounding economic financial crime and include um, crypto uh, currencies. So it's taken a very long time to even have a mention of cryptocurrencies within regulations. Um, and in terms of technologies such as the metaverse, it's an opportunity, which at the moment it's unregulated. It, it just screams risk in terms of CTF. Yeah. And just for any listeners who may not be familiar, Metaverse is like a virtual world, right? Yeah, as a compared it in a way to, to Sims, but um you, you you create your own avatar um and you you quite literally lead a virtual life. Um so you log in, uh, whether you go clubbing um or whether you go shopping people spend a lot of money on that. So how Metaverse will work in that online environment is whereby you'll go to a nightclub and use cash or your bank card to purchase drinks. Mm-hmm. In, and in the Metaverse, you will use non-fungible tokens. Yeah. And in order to purchase non-fungible tokens, you need your own cash in order to purchase them. And you'll have whether it's art music in the metaverse just like in real life 
you can purchase and that will go for millions of pounds or millions of dollars. So uh, again, I think it's just a huge opportunity as bad as it sounds um, to terrorists to exploit. Yeah, it's so interesting how it's all connected like gaming, um, virtual currencies, young people, mm. even just the things you think are just fun. Um, social yeah. media and it's just like you're on it looking at things and people are genuinely using this for their own activities like we're all doing different things with it so it's it's it's, it's when when you explain the cycle of things I just find it so beneficial because if you didn't see the cycle it'd be hard to understand how these could all be connected with each other and mm. just not like interesting trendy topics you know um no, I had it's same with yeah, sorry, go on. No, sorry, continue. I was just going to say, in terms of, uh, let's say, the metaverse, it's, it, I think, especially given COVID and how it's taught everyone to work remotely, yes. again, that's another opportunity whereby they could utilise this environment in order to, whether it's communicate, uh, meet up, and just like in the Russian um, example I've given you in Minecraft, plan out and practice attacks virtually and then they have this visual way of seeing this is what can happen or whether it's even teaching through the metaverse um, that an ordinary person wouldn't think of you log into sims why do you do it you do it for fun mm-hmm. but people with an agenda will go that's an opportunity for me to practice or explore Yes. So is there any advice you would give to people on navigating cryptocurrencies and gaming and these new technological possibilities in a safe way? For example, discussing it more on social media, like being more transparent about campaigns to maybe inform people in simple terms of how these things can happen, such as, you know, being involved in terrorist financing or being able to watch Mm -hmm. out for um, criminal activity using the using tech so is any advice you would give anything that you would recommend I guess it's being vigilant as to what you're watching what you're reading and where your money's going to so if um I mean many people do set up just given pages as an example what's the purpose of that just given page and as silly as it sounds many of us will go well this is to a legitimate for a legitimate purpose I'll donate some money because my friend wants to do x y and z um it could be again someone else um sharing that link on and using a different description and using that money for for other purposes so it's I think it's difficult to say don't be naive um because to a certain degree we all have to make mistakes in order to learn not to be naive um but it's through being diligent and and careful as to where your money's going and what you're watching thank you so much for that i'm sure so many listeners will find that useful because it's hard it really is Mm -hmm. hard to be able to uh, spot these things and even reminders to stay aware genuinely you can forget sometimes um, especially if you spend so much time on the internet or you're new to it as well because not everyone is familiar yeah. with how to find their way around internet and what's legit what's fake um, is people because people getting 
smarter. They're getting way, it's getting way <laughs> easier to just, you know, do your own thing. So thank you for that. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? I think um, it's, we've covered everything. It's been great uh, for you to have me. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Themis podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Themis, please visit our website at www.crime.financial.com.